Hello there, and welcome to Rainbow Tapes. I am your host, Liam Koji, and I am here solo again. Um, shocker. No, so I only really have one friend who's really into new music. Oh, by the way, this episode is new music for the month of um, April. And I really only have one friend who's, like, really into new music, and, like, recording with him is difficult sound-wise. Because I only have one microphone, and it gets... The sound is just a mess. Um, so until I can remedy that, uh, here we are. Um, so, like, let's just, like, dive into it. Um, this month was fine, I guess. I don't know. There was, like, one week that was, like, actually really good. And then the other three, it was sort of, like grasping at straws (laughs) so i mean full transparency i haven't decided if i'm going to go chronologically or through like genres slash themes and stuff um because some of the songs like really don't fit in although i will say that there were a couple of like really sort of fantastic queer releases in my mind this month um Excuse me. One of them was um, Freak Mode by Dorian Electra. And in one of my episodes with uh, Michael Block, I mentioned that I was obsessed with the song and I couldn't remember what the song was. And it was Freak Mode. Um, I'm a fan of Dorian Electra. I really like their sort of draggy persona. It was a little bit jarring to see them um, just like serving full fucking uh, on that... Um, on the cover of that um on that single uh, on the single cover um whoa that was rough uh, but uh i was like oh okay look at look at that look at look at them um but yeah i'm a fan of theirs so that was really fun and it was um i've always been more of a fan of them than their music but this sort of bridged the gap for me i like the sort of more I'd almost say, like, 90s alternative moment, but I feel like that could be wrong. I don't know. Check me if I am. Um, And then we also have a release from Muna, um, one that got away. And so, okay, I fell in love with Muna with um, Greatest Fan, I want to say it was called. Um, And the song is very much that. Um... And so let's see, I can, number one fan, yeah. Number one fan in 2019 was like my song. I literally like had an out-of-body experience last year at Pride when I got to see them perform it for the first time. Um, so I really do like them a lot. Um, and so like this is sort of a return to what I do love about them. And then we also had the Drag Race finale. And they've gone back to, like, the, um, having, like, individual performance songs for each of the queens. Um, but I want to say, I feel like Leland is involved now. And they still sort of can't be draggy songs, but they're also sort of, there's more of a pop polish to them now. It's not like a, like... They work in other contexts. 
if that makes any sense. Um, but uh, no, so I was really living for... Um, I was living for uh, Sasha, of course. Sasha fucking Colby. I... Ugh, my God. Um... So, like, the track itself has some, like, very, like, 90s house elements. And then, um, the, uh, the lyrics worked. Um, and I love when, uh, Sasha raps. But, um, no, like, that song is fucking incredible. Um... But, uh, yeah, no. Um, and then you also have, I want to say they called it Giving Fashion, um, Lux's song. So, you know, Lux, I fucking love Lux. Um, but, uh, now I'm looking up to make sure that it, it's giving, yeah, the song was called It's Giving Fashion, which definitely has like ball vibes um which i adore and it just sort of like perfectly suited her and this is really the first time that i've other than like a couple of like the drag a couple of like the girl group challenge songs like this is the first time i've really like listened to like especially the um finale songs like outside of that context um because they're fucking good um and it just, they served camp while still being accessible and, like, still being listenable on, a, like, a daily basis, which is a really difficult thing to do. It's really difficult to, like, find that balance between character and camp and, you know, the dragginess of it all and being a more, like, listenable, like, everyday song. Um, so the fact that they were able to do that is really impressive. And then, like, another... And then one song that, like, doesn't fit into, like, I went through and was able to sort of categorize everything. One that, like, did not fit into any of the categories was, um, Chemical by Post Malone. Um, this is, like, kind of a new song, uh, kind of a new sound for him. Also, he's lost, like, an entire person. He's looking great. Um, not that he didn't before, but I mean, actually, no. You know what? He looked like a burnout before, and he no longer looks like that. And it doesn't have to do with, like... I mean, his weight loss is part of it, but also, like, he's dressing better, better face, facial hair, you know, whatever. Um, Appearance-wise, he's looking more put together. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to say this is his comeback single. I don't think... I could be wrong, but he hasn't released anything for a minute. Um... But it is a bit of a departure for him, and I'm kind of into it. Oh, he released an album last year? Good God. I... Here's the thing. I... I am a Post Malone fan, but, like, not, like, a huge fan. Like, I was sort of a late adopter when it comes to him and his music. But, I mean, like, Psycho is, like, one of the best songs of the last decade. Um, Circles is another one. Sunflower. Um... But yeah, oh, I remember his last album. His last album did did really well. I didn't listen to it. Um, 
But it is a lead off. But Chemical is the lead off his next album, and it is a little bit of a sonic departure for him. And I'm really into it. It's one of those songs where, like, if it comes up, like, if I have like my library, if I have like my playlist on shuffle, um, and it comes up, I will listen to it. But, um, it's not something that I'm like choosing to listen to on it on my own. Like, I'm never opening my phone saying, "Oh, hey, let's listen to uh, Chemical." But it's good. It's a good song. Um, so let's move now into K-pop because there's no good transition from there. Because like I said, it doesn't really fit in anywhere else. Um, K-pop this week was a little, this month was a little weak. Um, typically I'd have about, you know, seven or eight like title tracks that I was really into. Nope. I mean, so with that said. I have been obsessed with I Am by Ive. I don't know what it is, but um, I can't stop listening to it. Ive's like that between I Am and Kitsch, their pre-release. Ive has like won the year for me so far. Um, I'm really into it. Also that meme with the Wanyoung jumping out of the... Uh, plane and then like the edit into her like smacking down on the wing um brilliant so much fun and then people recreating that kind of hilarious um but yeah it's really you know it's a fucking incredible song it fits when i first heard kitsch i was kind of like okay what are we doing here this is a little bit of a departure like are we abandoning our brand here and then this was like oh no we're here this is still this is still Ive. It's still the um what do they call it? An elegant um an elegant uh concept? I don't know. Um I don't know if that word is super great to describe any sort of concept con whoa, concept. But then again, it's like one of those things where like sometimes the direct translations from Korean are a little bit weird. It's like idol instead of star, you know? Like it's weird. Um, or come back every time they, uh, release new music. It's called a comeback. That's not super accurate. And I don't think, I think there's a lot of context. I, it, Korean is sort of a context heavy language and English is not. Um, anyway, we also got a Coke ad by New Jeans. Please tell me why these, like, soft drink ads have the best music. It is, like, peak Pepsi, like, brand partnership, like, pop star brand partnership vibes. Um, fucking great, man. Um, but I, uh, yeah, no, this song is, like, actually really good. It ended up being pretty, pretty, pretty heavily played. I will say. Um, but then again, I fucking... I'm obsessed with New Jeans. There's such a breath of fresh air. And, like, their music is so refreshing because it's just not anything anyone is doing. It's so low-key. Um, and I think that that is why they've been such a crazy success story. They don't... It's not... It's unexpected from K-pop. And it, that makes sense with... Um, so they debuted under... For those who don't know, um, 
They debuted under a door, which is a sub-label of Hybe, which started out as Big Hit and is um, BTS's agency. Um, and they... Hybe... I think it was still called Hybe at the time. Um, poached a creative director from SM Entertainment, which is, or I guess was now the largest entertainment company in South Korea. Um, uh, Min Hee Jin. Um, she was the creative director um, that really sort of steered FX's career. And FX was another sort of unor- unorthodox group at the time um but sort of in the opposite way because where like new jeans has gone like understated and low-key lo-fi whatever um fx was like in your face weird clothes weird concepts and it really worked for them and they were sort of they were radical in the industry for their time um which is where new jeans is now and honestly the fact that she did worked with fx and new jeans and had two different two very different approaches with very similar outcomes is really impressive like she is a mastermind um there is some controversy about her but um this like actually really fits new jeans's concept very well um honestly if you take away the coca-cola mashita um in the chorus like this could be just like a normal title track like it sounds exactly like something that they would release um which i think is sort of the key when you're dealing a brand partnership with a pop star for a soft drink company you want to have something identifiable to that artist because otherwise it's sort of like well they're here and they're doing an ad and it's just not doing its job you want something that's going to permeate beyond just an ad um and then we also have Knock by Ichan, who debuted last year, I want to say in like October, with, um, I forgot the name of the song, which I mean is sort of indicative of the impact that it had on me, um, because honestly, like her debut is a little bit, it was called Hush Rush, um, it was not what anyone was expecting of her. So, Ichan has been in the industry for ever. She was on K-pop star with her sister um, Cheryang, who is part of Itzy now. She was on Sixteen, the show that created Twice, the biggest K-pop girl group in Korea, or used to be. They've they've sort of been fumbling, but whatever, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, and then. She appeared on Produce 48 and made it into the final lineup. And I'm convinced that she... So she came in 12th, which was shocking because she had done pretty well throughout the entire competition. Um, And it was uh, forming a 12-member girl group. So she came in like the lowest she could come in to debut. Um, One of the judges was a choreographer and she seemed to have taken a liking to Cheon. And in my mind, she found out that they were, uh, that Mnet and some of the producers were rigging the vote. And I, in my mind, she went and, uh, told the producers, if you don't put Cheon in this group, I'm outing you. Um, but yeah, so like she was known as like a dancer and as a performer. Um, 
And on the show as a vocalist, actually, she got a lot of the main vocal positions and the challenges, um, which she could handle really well. She, her, she has like a shocking range, and she like doesn't show it off. Um, but this is, but knock is more of what we would be, what you know, I was expecting, honestly. Um, so. You know, the choreography was stronger. It's a more upbeat song. I mean, it's one of the mo- best choreographies that I've seen for a K-pop song in a very long time. Because so much of it is, K- is like, oriented towards TikTok, which is, like, for good reason. Um, So, this was sort of refreshing because it was a complex choreography that, like, only a trained, a highly skilled, like, trained dancer could do effectively. And it was just really nice to watch, honestly. Um... And I'm glad that she, you know, this feels a little bit more... I feel like her entire career is a mess. Um, if we're going to be honest. Because she was also supposed to be part of a girl group under um, under WM Entertainment, which is home to uh, Oh My Girl. And is now owned by RBW, uh, Mama Moo's agency. But she... Uh, she was meant to debut as a group, and then the, everyone else left the agency, and it was like, well, shit, what do we do now? Um, and it almost feels like they were reluctant to have her debut um, as a soloist, but I don't know. I think this release seems to be doing fine, um, but I think that they sort of like handicapped her with her debut because it just was not what any of us were expecting. And this was like a good like sort of course correction for her. It's actually charting in Korea this time. So, I mean, fingers crossed. And then we also have Super by Seventeen, which like I still have to sit with the song to be able to like really speak about it on any sort of intelligent level. But um I'm not a huge boy band fan. Um but Seventeen consistently releases music that I like actually like. Um, I think part of that might be that they're self-composed and they have a whole lot, they have like a lot of creative control over their projects. Um, because I feel like a lot of boy bands go for like the same sort of moody, dark concept and it just doesn't speak to me. Um, so, but one of the groups that did always speak to me was Big Bang, which was under YG Entertainment, um, home to Blackpink and 21. And um, one of their members uh, released a solo single this week featuring Lisa of Blackpink. Okay, so, like, there are levels to this. So, like, Big Bang was sort of, I would say, the group that put YG on the map. I think that Big Bang and 21 really sort of are why they're part of the big three, if we're going to be honest. So, I mean, YG was founded by... um, one of the members of Satagian Boys, which is sort of regarded as the first K-pop boy band. Um, But, uh, so, they all enlisted in the military, like, five years ago, released one song, like, last year, and then, like, contract negotiations and stuff like that, and one of them left the agency, and There was, like, some shuffling around. Taeyong went to the uh, Black Label, um, which is um, a sub-label under YG run by the primary producer at YG. 
So like 95% of Blackpink's music is um, co-written and produced by um, Teddy Park, who is the head of the Black Label. Um, And so there used to be a lot of interactions between 21 and Big Bang. But when Blackpink debuted, like they weren't allowed to meet any of like the male um, agency mates. Um, It was really weird. Like they were sort of siphoned off from everyone else. And that was also, like, starting with Winner, which was the first boy band to debut, which was, like, their first, like, third-generation group. Um, they really put, like, a clamp down on their artists because there were a lot of controversies with Big Bang and 21. And so, like, they wanted to avoid that, and part of that was, like, sort of isolating the groups amongst themselves. Um so then to see this interaction, because we used to see that, we used to see like the inner group interactions a lot with their second gen groups. I mean, like before 21 even debuted, they collaborated with, um, they collaborated with Big Bang. And I think it was on an ad actually for like an LG phone, because that's how old we are. Um, so it's nice to see them. The song is not my favorite, but like as just sort of a, uh, you know, a general feeling about this. Like, I'm really excited to see the collaboration and also the um, performance video is fucking insane. Because, I mean, they're both... Big Bang was not known for their choreography, but Taehyung was one of the ones that, like, actually could dance. Um, But that was actually the first of the uh, sort of, like, major collabs. I noticed this month there were a lot of collaborations, like, higher-profile collaborations, um, starting with Baby Don't Hurt Me by David Guetta and Anne-Marie and Coy Ray. So David Guetta is David Guetta, Anne-Marie is Anne-Marie, and then Coy Ray is like on the rise. Um, she, they, I don't, I really should know this. Um, see, I'm not doing my research, even though I have a full outline ahead of me, in front of me. Um, but, uh. I'm really excited about Coyle Ray. I think she's um, a really exciting artist to watch out for. Um, but what I will say about Baby Don't Hurt Me is um, David Guetta really pushes the boundaries of what we can call a sample and not a cover. This is this 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 is what is love. Like, not even just like vaguely. Like, no. Like, this is what is love, and you're calling it a sample, and it's like. Literally, you change the words. I don't know. I still like it. Because, I mean, what is love is what is love. Such a good song. And Anne-Marie is a really good lyricist, if we're going to be honest. And she's a really good vocalist. Um, in that she is able to sort of emote without even really ne- needing to pay attention to the words. Um, which is something that I value in artists um, and like performers. If I can't read what you're trying to say, like what you're trying to convey through just your tone alone, you're not doing your job because music is meant to be, you know, a universal language. Um, so she she accomplishes that quite well. But again, this is basically a cover of what is love. Um, and then we also had uh, Use Me by Diplo, Dove, Cameron and Sturgill Simpson. Um, 
The song is really good. And, like, honestly, I need to go and listen to Diplo's new album. Um, I like when he does his sort of more country vibes. Um, there was one song in 2019 that I really, really liked. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was the first time that he really sort of ventured into country. Um, and it was honestly, like, it was good, but I can't remember what it was called. And, like, I am not a uh, country guy. I I do have a sort of, um, I do have a soft spot for, like, bro country, if we're going to be honest. But, uh, no. And, I mean, Diplo is sort of a, con- I feel like, sort of a controversial figure right now. Um, because there are, like, the, um, allegations, and then also it felt like, um, it felt like he may or may not have alluded to his queerness, um, to sort of get out of that, which is kind of gross, um, because, I mean, okay, Let's be real fucking honest here. If Diplo came out, I don't think it would be much of a surprise. Um, people hear things and people say things. Um... But that's none of our business, and that's none of our, you know, that's not our, we need to, like, not speculate, because, like I said, like, not our business, none of our business. Um, so, but, you know, I do like him, I do like when he goes sort of country, and I still can't figure out what the fuck that song was called. I'm, like, trying to find it in my library, and I can't because it's one of those like oh it was so long with cam um it does that i hate how apple apple music like can't connect like collaborations to the individual artists for some reason it's really frustrating anyway um and then last week i sort of um i uploaded that uh TikTok about like the new music last Friday and it was a lot of collaborations. Um so I mean you had um Praising You by Rita Ora with um Fatboy Slim. That's you know, a very it's a pretty prominent sample of Praise You by um Fatboy Slim. Um I like the reframing of it in a more housey context and I really love Rita's vocals on it and I think that it stays in like the same realm without being too on the nose with it like with um baby don't hurt me um and like it did really well um and i mean like theme of like the last three years has been samples this month alone there were two like prominent ones that i you know have noted here um baby don't hurt me and praise me and praising you 
Um, but I really do like the, um, and I really do like the sample of Praise You, and I think it's a really effective sample. It still isn't really what I think of when I think of Fatboy Slim, but I also don't really think of Fatboy Slim, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a solid song. I really like it a lot. Um, and then you had Satellite by BB Rexa and Snoop Dogg, which I mean, like the song is about, uh, the song is about weed. <laughs> So, I mean, who the, who the fuck else are you going to have on, um, are you going to have feature on a song about weed other than Snoop Dogg? Um, and like, it's good. I feel like this is, this might be sort of what I think of, um, in terms of, uh, this is what I think of when I think of like, what is like, this is like the most sort of representative song of that album, if we're going to be honest, um, and it's a fucking good song. It's got that like late 70s disco vibe, um, relatable lyrics about, you know, I made a mistake, so now I'm getting fucking stoned. Um, and this is sort of one of the songs where on the album where BB really does sort of flex her like pop songwriting skills. Because I will forever hold that she is one of the best pop songwriters of our generation. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but, uh, a lot of the album, like, she really didn't show that off. Like, um, a lot of the songs in the album, not a lot of them, like, three or four were sort of forgettable because they didn't really have great hooks. But when she writes a good hook, she writes a fucking incredible hook. Um, and I mean, like, this was sort of, I think it was smart. I don't know. Um, last night I got higher than a satellite. Like, that's such a... <laughs> so visceral um it, it's so it's it's kind of perfect um and then we have be the one by brie runway and khalid which like you know khalid i've i've said a few times like his music doesn't super speak to me a lot of the time um i am a fan but you know i sometimes i don't love his music so I, um, whenever he does end up like releasing something or hopping on something that I really, that I can sort of vibe with, I get really excited because I'm a fan of him. Um, and Brie Runway can do no wrong in my book. I am obsessed. Um, this isn't really what I expect. This is, this sounds more like a Khalid song, but like a popular, like, you know, more mainstream version of what Khalid does. Not that his other music isn't mainstream, but it's like. You know what, I, 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 it, I don't know. There's more of a vibier sensibility to his music um, that sometimes goes too far into the vibiness for me. And this sort of stays in the poppy realm. Um, and then finally we have, um, Oh god, what was it called? Um, Eyes Wide Shut by Elenium, Avril, and Travis Barker. Okay, so the song is good. It's an Avril Lavigne and Travis... Like, it sounds like Avril Lavigne. And Elenium is, like, a weird, like, question mark for me. Because, like, who are they? And it's not even just, like, not knowing who they are, like, as, like, a general concept. But, like, what is their style? What kind of music do they release? Because I feel like everything I listen to from them is, like kind of different and I'm always just like a little bit confused um and like this sounds 
almost like it was sort of cut from Avril's last album, if we're going to be honest. And it's also kind of interesting um, with her collaborating with Travis Barker. Um, so it was funny. Somebody on TikTok went through like the entire like web of entanglements and um, with um, Avril dating whatever rapper she's dating right now. Um, but uh, Travis Barker, so she was she just broke off her engagement to um, Maud Sun, who is Travis Barker's um, who is Travis Barker's sort of protege, I guess. Um, so it's fun seeing her collaborate with her ex fiance's mentor. Um, while dating his wife's sister's ex. Um, so she is dating, I cannot remember for the life of me who she is dating right now. Um, okay, Tyga. She's dating Tyga, who used to date Kylie, and Kylie is Courtney's sister, and Courtney is Travis Barker's wife. It's, like, a weird, like, web of entanglements here that I'm also, like, kind of into, if we're going to be honest. Um, I love when things get messy. <laughs> um, I try not to, like, I, you know, I don't know. Tabloid bullshit can be fun. Like, tabloid fodder can be fun. As long as you don't get, like, too involved in it and, like, too invested in it. Because, like, also, it's, like, these other people's lives. Like, you shouldn't be getting that much enjoyment out of, like, drama and suffering. And I don't think there's any, like, sort of drama here, really. But, like, the web of entanglements is just kind of funny. Also, it was, like, sort of eye-opening to see how, like, connected the Kardashians are to Hollywood through all their, um, all their relationships. Um, because you don't really think of them like that. Maybe Kim, but beyond Kim, like, you don't really think of the Kardashians really interacting with that group. The Kardashian-Jenner clan, sorry. Um, and then just, like, a few, like, dance songs. So, like, I feel like a lot of my social media content skews towards K-pop, but that's sort of because there's more content to be made. Um... And, like, my, even my friends think that I listen primarily to K-pop and I don't. Um, because, again, it's, like, what I talk about is what I'm, like, consuming the most content about. Like, in terms of music, there's really no other genre that has, or any other, like, sort of um, in music industry that has, like, the same amount of content. Um, which I think is honestly part of why K-pop has caught on so broadly. Um, but, I mean, like, I love EDM. I love house music. Um, you know, um, I will go just to, I will go to, sh I, I used to go to shows a lot, actually. Um, I need to start doing that more. I went last week to a Space Yacht event at Exchange. It was fucking awesome. Um, and I miss sort of like being in that space and that music. And like, honestly, Exchange in particular, I've seen Jax Jones, Cedric Gervais, um, Cash Cash, like, you know, I live in LA and I have these resources at my disposal. I need to start taking advantage of them more. 
Um, but yeah, so um, we have Pretty People by uh, Dylan Francis, who I love Dylan Francis. Um, he's a fucking joke. <laughs> His entire brand is like basically a joke and I love it. And then he turns around and releases... He is probably the most consistent DJ in terms of, like, how I feel about their music. Like, he consistently turns out bops for me. Um, So it's, like, I love how, you know, sort of, you know, unserious he is on social media and outside of his music. And then he releases music that just sort of, like, it backs up the persona like you know there's certain people who have like a really great online persona but they release sort of shit music he like actually backs it up and i'm kind of here for it um and then you have begin by um chris lake and aluna and i'm pretty sure aluna is like of aluna george um let me confirm if not I'll cut it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, um, I believe it is, yeah, it is Alina, um, which also apparently Aluna George sort of went their separate ways, which is sort of sad, but whatever, um, but, like, this is, like, this is one of my favorite songs released this year. Um, It feels very 4 a.m. in a warehouse vibes for me, which was less than 12 hours ago. <laughs> I'm a mess. I, I, was, I got home at 5.30 this morning, and um, here I am at 3 p.m., being a productive-ish human being. Um, proud of myself. But, uh, no, like, the song is really fucking good. Um, it, it has remained on, like, heavy rotation. Um, because, like, with how much music I sort of download and add to my library and add to these playlists every week, um, I do sort of tend to, uh, tend to, um... I tend to move on very quickly, but I mean, honestly, like last week's, like the new music release last week was fucking incredible. Um, and this week is a little bit more hit or miss for me. Not going to lie. Um, but, um, it has been on like heavy rotation even this week. So that should give you an idea. And like, it will remain on heavy rotation. Um, and then... There's also the Odessa remix of Selfish Soul by uh, Sudan Archives. I love this song. Um, so I'm an Odessa fan, even though I'm like 90% sure I'm probably saying their name wrong. Um, but I mean, this is like every once in a while an artist released music that like makes me sort of go back and revisit can we please talk about um, Odessa's um, Say My Name 
that was like it and like especially for me like the RAC remix of it so good and then that also led me down like a RAC rabbit hole um because I used to be obsessed with them um back at back in like 2012 um around the time I entered the conversation prior to cheap sunglasses but not not super long before um and then this remix isn't super characteristic of them. It has more of a dubby vibe, which I'm here for. It does sort of remind me of Get Free by Major Lazer off of their, uh, off that album where they really, it felt like they were really trying to go pop. Um, it wasn't the one with, um, uh, lean on it was the one before that um but yeah it uh reminded me of that but also i really like the sort of content the lyrical content there about um ethnic identity and discrimination and like sort of discrimination um not sort of i mean definitely discrimination but like maybe if i straighten my hair and look like the girls on the magazine i'll be accepted and praised and you know it is sort of depressing but that's just sort of the world that we live in um which is honestly like i think the reality of the situation is even more you know depressing than anything i mean i don't think the situation in this country is fucking depressing you know honestly a quick aside like they somebody posted a video of this like young black girl dancing at um uh Debbie Allen's studio and somebody quote tweeted it and said that they were crying because they saw the tights and the tights matched her skin tone and it's like it's fucking bad here if you're crying over tights because I mean that actually like is like a really like large problem for um dancers of color um because apparently only white girls dance I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just apparently observe them. But, um, you know, the fact that, like, skin tone appropriate tights are, like, that difficult to find and that inaccessible for dancers of color is incredibly depressing. Like, it is, like, it is bad here. And that's, you know, the song, she, like, specifically points out her hair. Like, come on. How how are we in 2023 and we're still sort of, you know, holding, you know, black girls in particular in the West to, like, white people standards? I just, I don't know. It's really strange. And also, like, I don't know. The obsession with hair is so strange to me. Because, like, A, why the fuck does it matter to you? B, I don't know. Part of me feels like white people are just threatened by it because black girl hair is like a superpower a superpower that a lot of them have to sit in a chair for like hours for but you know it's the you know the conversation around hair is so wild it's just hair it's really not that deep and like honestly i don't know i i don't want to say any more about it because it's like not my place but just like it's frustrating that, like, these kind of, you know, 
in the grand scheme of being like trivial things or what people got tripped up over and it's just sort of exhausting um but yeah and then like there are a couple of other songs that i just sort of want to acknowledge um give it to me by miguel um it sounds almost like 2013 miguel um but with like a rock ish edge which i'm really into also fun fact i'm pretty sure i passed i drove past him like walking a dog in the hills a couple weeks ago um but yeah i'm really into it and it feels like something it feels like i feel like he hasn't really done a whole lot since his peak in like 2013 um and i feel like this could give him like a new sort of um this could give him like sort of breathe new life into his career um because it is very i mean this might to me this sounds like the most sort of like his song with like the most mainstream appeal um and there are like layers and peaks and valley like it's a really good song it's really well composed um and it's really effective at conveying again like i'm not a lyric person and it's a really it's really effective at conveying the message through the music and the tone and you know all that so it's really good and then anemic adonis by Kirin j Colinan. i don't know probably just butchered that name i've never heard of this person before but i'm obsessed with the song this might actually be my favorite song released last week um so stay tuned uh but um because at the time of recording I mean, tomorrow's May 1st, so this is, like, the last day of April, so that's why I'm recording this today, but, um, I'm recording on Sunday, April 30th, um, but, uh, so, La Seraphim is coming back tomorrow, so that'll probably end up being my favorite, but as of right now, it's Anemic Adonis, um, I love Ska, like, I really do love, like, a 90s Ska moment, um, and that's really what this is. Also, he's really hot on the cover of it, so that also helps. But, you know, the ska vibes. I'm into it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really it for, like, the new music this week. Uh, or this month. Ooh. you can. We're starting to be able to tell that I was <laughs> out until 5 a.m. Um, yikes. Uh, worth it, though. Um, but, yeah. Now, I'm also, I'll upload a playlist as well if any of you would like to listen to it. Um, but, yeah, no, this was an okay month for music. I don't know. It wasn't great. I feel like April is one of those, like, in-between months that, like, just sort of gets annoyed, ignored. People release stuff around, like, the start of summer, the end of summer, and, like, around winter but like during the spring it just feels like we're starting to get into like the event releases ahead of summer ahead of like the um ahead of labor day starting like this next week so it's going to be interesting to see that um but i mean even for like a quiet month this is really fantastic um and also you guys really 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 need to go listen to um bbrx's new album so fucking good um good enough that i like actually recorded a special episode which you should also go listen to 
Um, and then also stay tuned. I have a couple episodes this week about that I'm going to do about um, Eurovision because I'm that gay. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll see you. Uh, actually, I think tomorrow I'll upload the um, Eurovision entry, but don't the Eurovision episode. But like, don't call me on that. All right, bye.